1: Good afternoon and happy Sunday Uh, to all you Hoosier fans. Thanks for joining us on the Hoosier Huddle podcast, the postgame show for IU uh, at Northwestern. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. TJ Inman will be along with us shortly. Uh, We'll go over uh, the game at Northwestern. Um, It was an ugly display of IU football on offense. Uh, The defense really played well in the second half, held Northwestern to 37 yards. But uh, this was a concerning loss uh, for me in the manner of how they lost. Uh, also, body language and, and some quotes after the game were concerning as well. So we'll get TJ's thoughts on that uh, as well when he joins us. But, um, you know, Indiana is now 3-4, and four, facing a, a test <laughs> in Maryland next week at home. Um, TJ, how are you?
2: i'm doing well thank you uh, as always uh, it's a pleasure to uh, be on even though we are now facing the uh, unfortunate reality of a losing streak um i mean it's something we're used to as indiana football fans but uh, i i do think that there's we we've reached a portion now of the schedule where it's not mathematically must win but realistically We've reached the portion of the schedule where it's now must-win uh, if you are going to get back to a bowl game and, and uh, achieve the goal that I think all of us had at the start of the season.
1: Yeah, and coming up, it, it is a must-win. And I think not only for bowl game, I think they need to right the ship. After the game yesterday, um, we were talking to Mitchell Page And he said, you know, and I, I quote, it's just kind of the same things that have been happening Uh, in critical situations. We're getting a penalty or not making a play. We need to make, we've got to find a way this week. Even if it's something as simple as going to class, we need to do, um, we need to do everything that winners do this week. That's that. I cringe um, at, at that quote when he said it, it's, you know, last year this unit was so tight knit. Um, you know, it, it was the chemistry in the locker room was great, um, and, and you know they they got off to a fast start, four and zero start uh, last year. Kind of the same thing. They went on a on a, a extended six game losing streak, and then came back to win the final two. So it's kind of the pattern that's following this year, but you could see the seams kind of starting to break in the locker room. You know I don't know if who's skipping class or or whatever, but for Mitchell page to call out people for for what seems to be not going to class and not doing the little things that that winning teams do is reached a frustration level um that is that is basically critical mass and and you could see it on the field too um i think on in the fourth quarter uh Lego missed a Ricky Jones in the end zone on on a kind of corner comeback route and and Ricky Jones, you just see, he's so frustrated and, you know, looking up at the sky and and waving his hands and and stuff like that. So it it was a frustrating loss and and we'll see what this team is made out of coming up next week uh, against a a Maryland team who's better than we thought. um, Probably. And is coming yep. off a, a win in prime time against Michigan State who has fallen off the face of the earth. Um, but you know they're gonna come in, try and run the ball and and have some speed, but to me this loss um this loss is is concerning. Um just based on um body language after the game, um, maybe some some of the comments as well, but you know, the defense played well. If you want to take one of the bright spots, they held Northwestern to 37 yards in the second half, which is unbelievable. I, I had to double-check the stats to make sure. But yep. the, the offense has got to get something going. And whether or not I, – I don't think it was solely on the play calling yesterday, although some of the oh, play no. calling was was head-scratching in terms of, you know, rolling guy, rolling Lego out in the, in the red zone at the five-yard line with limited space anyway. He's not going to run it. Uh, so you take away half the field. Um, some of it was execution. There was a fourth and three, I think, or fourth and two, and, and, a lot you know, and Mitchell Page is running running a crossing route at, at at one yard deep, and he hits them for no gain. Um, you know, and and then some of it's execution on Legos' part. A lot of those deep passes they were open. I mean, that pass to oh, yeah. Timmy, where the guy made it made a great interception. Timmy had two or three steps on him, and a throw. You know. A, a, a good throw and Timian is likely inside the, the 15, if not with a touchdown. And then uh, on the play where um, the Northwestern defender made an unbelievable one-handed flying interception. If that ball is thrown a little bit more in um, inside the hash marks, uh, you know, Ricky Jones yeah. is there for big play. So to me, you know, and, and they continue to run divine Redding to the outside when they don't have the blocking to block that play, and 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 Devine does not have the speed to hit whatever hole is there for the limited amount of time it is. And, and you know, going back, we've been calling for it since you know week two. Get Devonte Williams the ball. You know, he averaged ten yards, ten and a half yards a carry. Uh, he had over a hundred yards of all-purpose yards yesterday. Um, yep. Get this guy the ball in space. And, and let him do some work, but other than that, it, it was just a dismal, um, frustrating uh, game to watch.
2: I yeah, I would agree with that, and it it was kind of a kind of an odd one because it. it I mean, we dealt with the really the reality of a loss. We kind of felt that from like twelve thirty on. Um, it the way that the game began. At fourteen, uh, nothing, Northwestern, uh, and Indiana going three and out to begin the game on, I think three straight drives. Uh, it it really felt as if it was going to be an incredibly long day, and I give credit, like you said, to the defense, which uh, in years past, I'm not sure they what the score would be in the, the start. first
1: two drives.
2: Okay, yeah, with with a start like that. Uh, in years past, I'm not sure what the score would have been, but it, it Northwestern would have been in the 50s in years past because no, the, uh, the defense all right. would have folded up shop and just gotten their doors blown off. But really after that, uh, after the first drive of the second quarter, which uh, was done mostly in the first quarter, they got Northwestern to 21 when they hit Macon Harris for a nice, uh, very nice pass. And I'll give credit to Clayton Thorston because – he played the first like 18 minutes of that game and looked like the best quarterback in the country. I mean, he was amazing and Indiana's defense had something to do with that. No question, but uh, he, he did a really nice job. So I have to give him credit for his start. But after that first, first, uh, probably 17 minutes or so Northwestern only really had one even remotely successful drive. And that got them to 24 right before the half. Uh, but, so I give credit to the defense. I give credit to the special teams' coverage units. Uh, Ricky Jones had a block punt. So that's Indiana's second block punt of the season. And I thought they did a very nice job uh, covering Northwestern's return game. And, and Devontae Williams did a pretty solid job returning kicks as well. So uh, credit there to those two units. Um, and I liked the uh, the red script Indiana helmets. So, yes, that's the, the positive portion of the podcast. For me, that's the the positive portion of the podcast. Um, that's the list, really. Beyond that, it was uh, not good. Um, I will, I, I am giving, for any optimism that I have, and I do think Indiana's going to play well against Maryland on Saturday. I don't know what the result's going to be, but I feel like they're going to play well. I don't know why I feel that way. I'm typically not all that optimistic when teams are on losing streaks. But um, I I just have a feeling Indiana is going to have a good week uh, and play well on Saturday. Um, And part of that, I think, is due to I've seen this program, not this team, but this program in general, uh, deal with a losing streak and deal with, you know, having their backs to the wall if they want to make the bowl game. And coming up with victories, I've seen that happen just last year. This is a very similar situation to what they dealt with going into the final two games of last season and i I, did, I I feel like they can get this done. doesn't mean they're going to, but i'm I'm predicting and hoping that uh that they'd start turning around Saturday. and for me, the biggest, most concerning thing that we'll be able to see right away is the starts that Indiana is getting off to. Um, You know, I mean, you mentioned it to me in in text message there in the game. uh, You know, it's another very slow start. And you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's
1: almost a a weekly occurrence now.
2: Yeah, it's almost a weekly occurrence now where Indiana is digging themselves into a hole, and that does a couple of things. Number one, whatever offensive game plan you might have had, it's going to affect that. And number two, it's going to make it incredibly difficult for your defense the rest of the way, because they're going to have their backs against the wall to where they know we've got to get a stop because we can't afford to fall back anymore. Uh, It's, it's, it's very frustrating to watch because you right away get put into a negative state of mind. And I'm sure the players feel it too, where you're, you're kind of thinking, not here we go again. I don't, I don't feel that, but you're kind of you're wondering why on earth are we down double digits to start a game again? Uh, it's, it's a really concerning thing, and Indiana's not going to be able to do that against Maryland, who loves to run the ball, get behind on them, and they can effectively kill the clock off with the way that their offense operates. So it's, it's really concerning. They've got to get it turned around. The second biggest thing is turning scoring chances into points. We've talked about it. I feel like we talked about it all off season. It's continued to be a problem so far this year. They're getting scoring chances. Not as quite as many as you'd like, but they are getting scoring chances and they're just not converting them to points. It's there's not a whole lot of quicker ways to lose football games. Turnovers, which continue to be a problem, and not converting scoring chances into points. That's a really easy way to lose games to teams you're somewhat close to in skill level.
1: Yep. I mean, you you can look at, um, just look at the drive chart. I mean, they started at the, um, at their own 47, had first and 10 or first and goal from the, from the Northwestern three ended up in a field goal. Couldn't get a yard. Um, they blocked Which, what, the punt. I forget.
2: What, what plays what did they run on that drive? Because I, I remember one incomplete pass. I forget. Was there a run I think to they Redding ran that one. got stuffed? Run to Redding that got
1: stuffed. They had the, the pass to Ricky Jones that sailed out of bounds. And then the, yeah. the I think they booted him and tried to get Ian Tom, Thomas open, and he wasn't open and okay. they, he threw it away or threw it into the ground or something. Um, yeah, was but, Nady, that, you know, but that was did a, they roll
2: out Nady on that as well? Where it was Nady and Thomas so. were two routes that were pretty close to each other, so it was covered yeah, one, was you covered just, both of you know, them. Okay. Yeah,
1: either they, they didn't execute the routes right or it's a, uh, uh, just not a good play call. they got to change something. And this is where you're, you're missing Jordan Fuchs and Simi Cobbs, two of your bigger receivers who you could throw yeah. a paid ball to um and, and, and make a catch. Um
2: well but they don't and, throw the ball to Danny Friend in the end zone. So what I mean That's true. I, yeah. Danny Friend's a big guy. He's got pretty good hands as far as we know, but he never gets targeted. So I I don't know what they're looking no, for in no, the he, red zone. I don't know.
1: Yeah, so you know, it, it just baffles me. So that that it was fourteen nothing at the time. You settle for three uh, and, and then I think you know from there it's twenty one three, twenty four three, and then the the biggest play to me uh, once again is uh is the punt block. I, I believe they started at the around midfield, uh, forty
2: nine, I think. Uh,
1: yeah, the forty eight or forty nine, and they, they couldn't get anything going. Again, that's a time where I, I believe it was. Twenty-four-six, uh, um, and you have a shot to, to get in the end zone uh, early in the third quarter and, and put some pressure on Northwestern. Instead, you you have a short pass. I think a short pass and and some you know a run, and and basically you get no get nothing. It's you get absolutely nothing, and, and that was a four and out. Yeah, that, you know, you turn it over on downs. I'm looking at the play-by-play now. So Indiana took over at their own 48. Uh, passed for six yards to Ricky Jones. So second and four. Okay, you got, you know, you, you that that's you're ahead of the chains. You're in good position. You, you uh, run Divine Redding for a yard. Run Divine Redding for a yard. Pass incomplete on fourth and two. It, it's you know that's. Show, be aggressive. I know Lego hasn't thrown the ball deep downfield uh, all that well, but be aggressive. And, and this is something that, that Matt Weaver and I talked in the car on the way back was when you win the toss, Indiana needs to be the aggressor. They need to come out and punch somebody in the mouth. Instead of you know deferring to the second half, playing like you're a 30-point underdog and, and playing for the second half, come out, take the ball, show teams that you're going to Move it down the field, down their throat. Have some confidence in yourself and, and really, you know, do some damage. Instead of playing it passive and, and deferring to the second half, letting Northwestern get out to a 7 nothing, 14 nothing lead, um, and, and really ch- changes the dynamic of, A, your game plan, B, your play calling, and C, you know, the mentality of your team. This yeah. it is the... Mindset of the Indiana football program and the Indiana fan base is so mentally weak, um, and I get it. It's the same with, with Cubs fans. And you saw it last night, if you watched the game, is that everybody was so nervous, and it was five nothing in the ninth inning, with with a with a one out, and and you'd have to think that the first thing going through their minds is, oh my God, how are we going to blow this? Um, Look, I'm I'm happy the Cubs won, and and hopefully, you know, they have confidence now that, hey, we've we've done it, we can do it again, uh, and stuff like that. But Indiana's got to be aggressive. They can't play this. It's Northwestern. You guys are two-point underdogs going into the game. You're not going into Tuscaloosa against Alabama. You're not going to the horseshoe against Ohio State. It's Northwestern. It's an 11 a.m. game. Take the ball. Move the ball downfield. Give your fans something to cheer about. There were a lot of IU fans in the crowd yesterday, Um, and and that's something that they pointed out on the radio call. There were a lot of IU fans. Give them something to cheer about. Take the ball. Maybe Devontae Williams breaks a big run. Maybe get on the board first with a touchdown, but to to allow – to give Northwestern the ball, and one of the keys to the game was to get off to a fast start. You give Northwestern the ball. They march downfield and look like you know the whatever the 1999 Rams um moving downfield and scoring touchdowns and you basically take all the air out of your balloon and you know that's got to have some psychological effect on the players now to their to their credit Tom Allen pumped up that defense they allowed they shut him out in the second half allowed 37 yards gave the offense a chance um you know, and, and if you chances. told me that I, multiple chances, uh, but if you told me going in, at Northwestern would score twenty-four points, I, I think IU would win. Um, yeah. yeah, but that that's not the case. So I think coming out against Maryland, you're going to have to um, be the aggressor. If you win the toss, take the ball. Um, but, whatever crowd is is there, you gotta you gotta get them excited.
2: Yeah, I. I agree with the, the overall mindset of being aggressive. I, I agree with that. I I didn't really have an issue with the play calling much yesterday. There were a couple of play calls that I scratched my head at and uh, a couple that I, you know, was uh, vocally disgruntled with. But um, I, for the most part, I thought the offensive play calling was, was perfectly fine. Uh, there was more vertical passing than there had been um, against Nebraska. I, I was pleased to see that. For me, most of the offensive issue, uh, particularly on multiple big plays missed, was was on, uh, I, I think it was on the quarterback. Um, yeah, it was execution them, on the quarterback. Yeah, a couple of them were on, uh, there were a couple of drops, particularly in the first half uh, that, that hurt drives, or not necessarily drops of balls that certainly could have been caught but weren't. That occurred a couple of times, but for the most part, the issue was balls being either overthrown or underthrown. I would say the biggest issue with, with Richard Legault right now, uh, number one, is going to be just consistency in his passing, and number two, I don't think the offense is sure of itself at all right now. Uh, you can no, see it with Kevin Wilson having to take. Yeah, he's having to take multiple timeouts. Uh, because plays are taking, I don't I don't know, they're taking too long to get in. Richard Legault's not changing at the line fast enough, not signaling at the line fast enough. The variety of issues. I don't know if there's one specific thing. I think thing. there were three,
1: three timeouts yes, yesterday that three were because out. of yep.
2: that. Yep. Yeah, and I, I do not know what the exact issue is with that. I don't know. But what it results in is Indiana is not able to move at a quick tempo on offense anymore, we have very rarely this season seen Indiana use a tempo attack to get a defense on its heels and keep going at them until they're in the end zone. We have barely ever seen that this year, and it's something we saw constantly last season. Part of that, it's either a lack of trust with Richard Lego from the coaching staff that they don't think he can handle that, and maybe they're right. I mean, they see it every day of practice. We don't, so maybe they're right. Or number two, it's a lack of Richard to being able to get the offense to operate that quickly. Or number three, I guess it's it's that they just the coaching staff doesn't want to do it because uh, they for some reason think it's more effective to to shorten the game. I I don't know, but we have very rarely but, seen I mean, a tempo attack. And I think just it translates to me as the offense lacking confidence in what they're capable of doing. And I, that's how it translates on, on, uh, in person or on TV. And I, uh, they need a good performance to get that confidence back and it's got to come Saturday because if it doesn't, they're going to be three and five. Um, and they, I, I don't yeah, really they're see gonna be them. three
1: and five and heading onto the road against a Rutgers team who's awful, but might've figured something out last week. Um, they put up 32 Maybe. points at Minnesota, who's known for the defense. Um, but who knows? It's a road game in the Big Ten. Um, you'll lose that, and I, I think your season's over. Um, but Well,
2: I mean, they need yeah, a, before you, we need a, get the Rutgers, they've got to beat, gotta beat I Maryland. Mean, it's, for, me, for me, it's a kitchen sink game. I've heard that term used yes. by broadcasters. And to me, what it means is forget about the rest of the season. We've got to win this Saturday, and we're going to pull out whatever stop we have to do. I don't care if you say that's gimmicky or gadget plays or trick plays, however you want to say it. I don't care. The offensive game plan for me needs to be as innovative as it possibly can be. They need to use whatever means possible. I, I don't care if it's Vander Diamant. I don't care if it's Richard Lego. I don't care if it's Austin King. I don't care if it's wildcat package stuff. Whatever game plan they decide is going to be the best mix of plays to use, they need to do it. They have this to win it. the game you're Saturday. A, yeah, this
1: is not – you can't save anything. You, you can't no, exactly. save anything. Because, this is a matchup opponent you have at home, and you need six wins. You're sitting at three. Yeah. You have three games, like, winnable games left. And, you know, look, if, if you're that good at executing it and, and if you show it on tape – if you're if you're that kind of genius it doesn't matter um but if you're scared that Rutgers or Purdue might pick up on something you know you can come up with a new game plan um you know basic theory throw out what you have and, and come out with something else but to me, you know maybe it's Leg- Lego's confidence. I thought he was a little rattled yesterday i when he dropped that snap is kind of when things were
2: like, oh what's yep, wrong. Um, that was on a, another, you know. another poorly executed play. That was a really good play call that – or I don't know if it was a really good play call, but it would have worked really well. Then they had it set up very nicely. It was going to go for a big game to Mitchell Page, and the snap gets dropped. And then your your yep. timing is completely off, and the throw was was poor as a result. I mean, that was a perfect example to me, of, hey, that play calling, while not perfect, that one right there would have worked. They had a couple of deep shots down the seam that would have worked. They were open, and the execution wasn't there. So, for me, the play calling was good enough for them to win that game. The execution was not. And I, I But I will say, overall, all of it needs to be better for Saturday. Um, and I, yep. you know, I, I do... I don't want to get completely negative, because I do feel like the, the defense, to me, was so fun to see them respond. Uh, yesterday's game wasn't fun. I'm not going to say that. But watching the defense respond to the start that they had, that part of it was fun. Because Northwestern's offense was, uh, they had no clue they what were to humming. do.
1: They had 352 yards of offense in the first
2: half, and IU held them to 37 in the second half. The, yeah, there was, they ended with 408. The yardage was only five yards apart. As odd as that sounds, I mean,
1: I, I think there were there. there were several. There were let's see, in the second half, Northwestern drives. There were one, three out of the last four, and that includes the the punt safety, were for negative yardage. They had a three play yeah. negative three yards uh, drive, three play negative five yards, four play negative six yards. Look. It's.
2: Um, I thought it started with it, the rush defense. They did a much better job yeah, of of locking down Justin Jackson. They started getting penetration. They did a much better job of setting the edge and making him string it along the sideline, like keeping him from uh, you know putting his hip into the and getting the getting the edge. Indiana's defense started to get the edge themselves and just have him kind of running east and west, the post to north and south, and then they made the tackles. It didn't start out that way, but it got that way pretty quick, and Jackson ended up with less than 100 yards, which at the start of the game, it looked like he was headed for like 200, but they, that was fun yeah, to watch uh, for me. Um, so, you know, we're not, not just going to be entirely negative because the, the defensive performance doesn't deserve that.
1: No, and and they, they play their hearts out, but to me, it's – how how you start, and they they started slow. Now, a lot of it is feeling out. They haven't played Northwestern since 2012. Um, You know, and how much, you know, you've seen them against Ohio. They've played Ohio State every year since uh, 2011. Um, Yeah. You've played Michigan every year since you know, 2013 um, or 2012. Stuff like that, where you get used to what these teams run. Northwestern, it's really a new team for this team to be playing. They don't play them next year um, and stuff like that. So that might go into a slow start, but they responded well. But, TJ, the final question of this podcast, do we have a quarterback controversy, and would you want to see somebody else play quarterback?
2: I, I Look, if, if this week during practice, if you don't go into the game – I think that here's what I want to see. I want to see a position this week throwing out what has happened so far. Have a quarterback competition for I don't know until maybe Wednesday or Thursday or something. Not sure exactly what their schedule is this week, but have that determine who the starter is going to be Saturday, and then have it in your head that look if the offense isn't going, if it's not humming we we will make a change. I it it's I understand that having a quick trigger might damage a guy's confidence. There's not time for that anymore. Uh it's if the offense no, is not working yes, I want to see a change games made. Then. Right. And if if the offense is not working to start out, regardless of who is starting at quarterback, which I am ninety nine percent sure it'll be Lego, uh if the offense is not working and I don't care if you fall behind or not. If the offense isn't working after the first few drives, make a change. Try to get it going. And yeah. uh, I guess that would be my answer is I'm not saying a change has to be made, but I, I really feel strongly that if things aren't going well at the beginning of the game on Saturday, the coaching staff needs to be ready to make that change pretty quickly. Because if you fall yep. behind by more than a possession or two, it's it's probably going to be lights out against Maryland because the offense has not shown the ability to put together multiple successful possessions in a row. So I guess that would be my opinion on it. Um, I think I, – I just – I really think they have to figure out – they have to figure out what to do in the red zone because I'm – I feel very confident that they, they, they will beat Marijuana and Rutgers, and Purdue if they can get the red zone offense figured out. The offense is moving well enough between like the 25s or the 30s. Um, it's it's getting once they get down in there, things just like a light switch. They, the power goes off. Uh, I think if they can yeah. somehow get that figured out, I feel good about the, those three games that I just listed. I, are they going to do that? I don't see how you could have a huge level of confidence that they will, but I, I think that we'll see this week. We'll talk about it on the on the preview pod, but kind of what I think what, what we'll talk about in the preview pod is maybe two or three things we'd like to see done differently on offense instead of just, you know, oh, it's got to be different. You know, I think we'll, we'll throw out two or three ideas a piece about kind of what we think might work differently uh, down in the red zone to, to kind of turn around this. And I don't expect our ideas to get any traction with the coaching staff. And say we offered some suggestions that are just being critical, but um, there's no doubt that it's, it's got to, they've got to figure it out. Uh, the time the time for experimenting or uh, the time for for trying to round in the form is over. Uh, the form's got to be there on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and I agree with you on the quarterback situation. Uh, Maybe you go with with two quarterbacks to start, and, you know, Xander does give the ability to maybe spark the run game uh, against Maryland um, and teams like Rutgers and Purdue. Uh, But I'd like to see – the guy I'd be interested to see throw the ball around was was Austin King. Now, I don't know if he's 100% game ready. We haven't seen him since – the middle or the end of August. Uh, But when we did see him, he threw a good ball. He threw accurately. He just was a little underdeveloped physically and uh, maybe needed to, to mature a little bit more, but you know, you're seven games in, you need this win. And he's already used it. You know, he's been red shirted. Let's see what he's got. And, um, you know, don't forget about Danny Cameron. Apparently, he's the guy who knows the offense best. Maybe he's the guy you throw in to, to make these throws. Um, he doesn't have a terrible arm, uh, but he knows the reads, and and you know maybe that'll cut out some of this running into a, an eight man box when you only have six blockers, um, and, yeah. and and things like that. So I think the time ta- pulling Lego against FIU would have been silly. Uh, but you're in game yep. seven now. Um, it, it's time to to it's time to win. And, and I'll put it bluntly: you gotta win this one. This, this is a an absolute must win game for Indiana football. Um, it's at home against a team that you know has, has struggled on the road a little bit, as you know, come back down from earth from their their big start. Now they're a good football team. But you've got to think that playing at home means something. And, you know, putting together that stinker of a performance yesterday uh, would fire up this team to not uh, replicate that performance on Saturday. But anyway, TJ, we're out of time. Uh, Thanks for joining us on the Sunday. Enjoy the rest of the NFL afternoon. Um, It's a gorgeous fall day uh, here in Indianapolis, and we'll talk on Wednesday.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I'm looking forward to that preview pod, and we'll uh, we'll have great coverage. Uh, well, I guess great is up to the person who's reading it, but in our opinion, it's pretty good. We'll have uh, of coverage of the upcoming Maryland game and uh, recapping more of what happened in a pretty interesting week in the Big Ten. And then we'll have the preview pod on Wednesday where we will, uh, I'm sure, come up with some brilliant ideas to help Indiana win on Saturday.
1: Yep, score more points than the other team.
2: There you go. Um,
1: See? We already yep, did it. That, that's my brilliant suggestion. Score more points than the other team. That's how you win football games. Uh, anyway, uh, keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at uh, Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, we thanks for your comments and, and your readership. Um, and I know it's a tough time now and, and basketball starting up. So we appreciate your attention um, and, and your readership. So keep coming back and and have a, a great Sunday and a, and a great uh, rest of the week until Wednesday
3: there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this.